Welcome to Enterprise at 8. This is the Live Long in Podcast Star Trek Enterprise Rewatch Series. It's been over 20 years since today's episode, Unexpected, aired, and we're just getting started. I'm Jody Simpson, and my co-host tonight is none other than the great, the not late, Adam Woodward. <laughs> Hello, Adam. I wasn't late. Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you this afternoon? I'm all right. How are you? Tonight. Well, tonight, this tonight. evening, well, yes. tonight actually, yes. technically, but it could be this afternoon wherever somebody else is watching. So You're that right. Makes sense. And of course, also joining Adam and I, our awesome producer, Live Long and Podcast, very own Dave Mater. Hello, hello. Here to uh, talk about uh, three men and a baby, or something like that. Yeah, it's well, Tucker and a baby. I guess maybe is yeah. more more appropriate. He's more of a host, you know, than anything. Exactly. But... Unfortunately, series regular Kevin Millard is feeling under the weather today, so he won't be joining us. So get well soon, Kevin. We hope you feel better soon. Uh, tonight's episode is unexpected. This is the fifth episode in the series, fourth if Netflix is to be believed. Uh, the Enterprise encounters some hitchhikers of sort. It is our fourth podcast, though. On it the- is our fourth podcast because the first two episodes were one were episode one. for us. Yeah, yeah. So it's our fourth, but episode fifth. Uh, so this uh, Enterprise encounters some hitchhikers of a sort. And they try to help them out. Uh, but Trip picks up an extra hitchhiker, uh, as well as a couple extra nipples. And an inspected pasture he never bargained for, as well yeah. as nipples. Yeah. Well, there was that wow. box of pebbles. That's true. <laughs> you know what? You should never really trust a box of pebbles, I think, is really the, the takeaway from all this. Yeah, uh, I don't one know if of you the guys first things that. a diplomat learns is not to stick his fingers where they don't belong. It's true. Your fingers definitely need to belong somewhere, and in a pebble box on an alien world is not one of them. No, no. So, um, an interesting episode in some ways, um, although in other ways, just like the, I guess the premise of a man being pregnant and this being hilarious, I guess, is less, I don't know, funny to me maybe now than it was in 2001 or if it was that funny to me in 2001. I do think of the movie Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger from like the 90s, which was kind of the same premise. And so this is like Enterprise, Star Trek's version of that, which I, it is. I guess Junior was only like sometime in the late 90s. So I guess they're, we're, we're only probably talking about five years difference or something. Talks. Well, the best thing about this show, this episode, I think, is watching Archer try to hide laughing all the time. Yes. And to Paul's cut-ups on everybody, I think, is really the, the key factors here. To Paul uh, with the jabs. Yeah, she's got a lot of jabs in this episode. It's actually quite fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get into it. So, essentially, the, the episode starts with Archer in the shower. Uh, 
which I guess is for the ladies. Uh, I don't know if this did anything. <laughs> is this for, for the ladies? This might be for the ladies. The, maybe some of the, the fellas, maybe. But I'm guessing uh, the mid 40s ladies. Uh, this is this is aimed at. Like. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but anyway, he's uh, the, the thing I like about this actually is a good scene because you get to see the fact that they're having failures, and one of the failures is the gravity plating. Um, which is allows for the gravity on the ship, and all of a sudden, all the all the shower water is moving up and down and all over the place, like they're in zero g. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, somebody fixes it, and Archer falls on his ass in the shower. So, yeah, a couple, a couple questions about this, uh, okay. like because uh, it's one of the only times we've seen an actual like water shower in Star Trek, because you know the sonic showers usually are a the, sonic uh, shower. Yep are the are the go-to in the 24th century at least uh but here back in the 22nd century uh they're still using you know normal water like we use in our our century um but i don't know like i guess what threw me off here is that like they the shower unit isn't sort of um prepared for a gravity failure uh there's no handlebars maybe up in places or whatever or just just the tr t typical you know rough rides they usually get in star trek yeah, yeah. If, like you were in the shower and the ship got like I don't hit like a got hit by a photon torpedo or something, um, you know, and the ship shook. I think it's assumed that if you're in that type of situation, I think probably the falling in the shower is the least of your issues. Uh, <laughs> plus, on top of that, you know, I, I think med the medical abilities have gone far enough now that they can they can fix stuff like you know broken pelvic bones and stuff like that. He takes which a pretty hard clearly, fall. He, he gets shower. a pretty good fall, yeah, for sure. And uh, and it could have been way worse. Like he could have he, hit the oh, edge of this sure. little table over here, right? Or uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of sharp corners. Uh, the glass on, could have broke. The original Enterprise. The glass could have broke. Yeah, I just well, like we're assuming that's glass. We don't know. I would it, like it could be some if sort I was of compound. designing a spaceship. I think I would put like handlebars. You see them on the bridge, and you see them in certain places. But they for do, just this yeah. kind of thing, you know, like if. Well, uh, it wouldn't be as interesting of a scene if Archer had a bar to hold on to during. No, this. no, he would. So, uh, yeah, he was quite annoyed by all this too. I got. No, he was but, really. What annoyed. the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but he was also very patient because he didn't complain too much. You know, he's the captain, and he could have barked, but he didn't really. Well, and this was, is where we're kind of starting to see Archer smarten up a bit. I think. I don't know if Maybe. you guys got that, but I got a little bit of Archer being a little bit more professional. Well, he uh, was a little bit less touch testy. Show, either. What's yeah. up? He wasn't the star of this show. Well, that's true. Yes, this is very a trip episode. Um, I I personally think T'Pol is probably the the best part of this episode, but oh, uh, I, agree, I guess I we'll get into that. And the other, uh, yeah. so, oh, trip, sorry, trip, with, trips was, he was kind of like the feature of the last episode. Although you could kind of argue it was kind of trip and to Paul maybe last week. And then yeah. this week it's definitely his episode. So oh, it's I'm certainly his episode. Yeah. Before we're getting, I don't know, like a to Paul episode or before we're getting um, uh, like a read episode. But he's the only one that they could really send in this type of scenario anyway, because they're not going to send Archer because Archer doesn't know a damn thing about fixing anything. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to send the doctor. They're not going to send Mayweather. They're not going to send uh, uh, the weapons guy. Well, they could have uh, had any problem needed to send whichever crewman would be needed to go. They could have, but they were clearly going for the three men and the baby vibe or whatever it was that they were going for here. Um, so, but anyway, they're having, they're having variety of issues, uh, and they finally clue in to Paul clues in. I think that, uh, 
they have some sort of wake behind them as they're as they're in warp. Uh, so they've had to come out of warp. Uh, and well, this is why they, this is why the shower failed or the gravity yes. failed, right? Yeah, because everything kind of uh, you get the idea that everything kind of relies that it kind of has to be all within sync. If it's not within sync, then various systems are going to suffer because of it there were a few um, like malfunctions that were happening yeah, like, they had replicator this, issues there, yeah. yeah this one where she's getting her she was getting carbonated water very adventurous jody uh it was very know. carbonated though now that's adventurous it was so carbonated it was that stuff that they give you when you uh you know swallow something you shouldn't swallow in the hospital the the charcoal stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was very carbon Interesting to see like this breakfast buffet that they have going on. Mm -hmm. And um, and just like we haven't had too many scenes yet with these two in particular, Flocks and T'Pol being the two aliens on the ship. It, and right. it, it's funny you said that about the breakfast, but because I it really did remind me of hotels I've been in, you know, every you know, breakfast it looks at like six. A continental breakfast, the, yeah. The, the the crappy eggs and the in the, right. the huge <laughs> vat you the, thing. You yeah. got the uh, container full of you know muffins there and granola, and you had it all going. So we're just going to get craft services to come Yeah, in. they're still keeping the character of Flocks, though, because Flocks, throughout the uh, all the episodes so far, has always been eating a whole bunch of things. Yes. So he's obviously, he's out there to be adventurous. He tries new things all the time, stuff like that, which is another reason why I love that character. Uh, but uh, if you notice, his plate is quite... Uh, it's got quite a lot of different things on it. He's going with bacon, you know? Yeah, he's and... going bacon. He's got some watermelon slices these on there. Blueberry pancakes. Yeah, blueberry. Yeah, and he's got like a folded up pancake, like a burrito, and he's trying to like force feed it to her and, you know, stuff like that. So that cool. When in Felibia, do as the Felibians do. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, we should. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we're, we're seeing all these different, we're seeing all these different failures uh, of different systems around. Uh, they had some uh, engine issues as well, the nacelle issues, which led them to look into the wake Trip's issue. Trip's busy. Trip is a busy man, I guess is really what it comes down to, because later he's going to be a busy working mom. Uh, so I guess this is kind of foreshadowing into what's happening later. Uh, but anyway, they Tapel eventually notices there's there's some sort of wake behind them. They sh they I can't remember exactly what they did. Did they shoot something or they, they shot something out towards which kind of. Well, Arch was like, what will happen if we ignite the plasma? And everyone's like, confused. yes, that's it. Yeah, right? everybody's like, what happens if we ignite the plasma? It's like, why would Archer even mention this? So Archer yeah. kind of figures this out, doesn't tell anybody what yeah. he's what he's just like, no, I think I I think I know what's going on. And he's just like, Well, he doesn't want to be one upped by Tapal like he usually is. Yeah, he's like, This so. everyone, hold up. Archer is going to tell you what the yeah. hell is going on. You know? Yeah, Daddy what Archer. What the hell's going on? going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, they, they end up they end up igniting this plasma which then in, uh creates um an image they look at the image a couple times all csi style uh you know oh pr bring it back uh 20 frames uh you know enhance 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 and then after that well they didn't really do all that but they should have uh but anyway they end up noticing that there's the ship behind them uh and the ship essentially is hitchhiking off of them um and obviously then that uh entails them to want to communicate so they try to communicate which brings a very cool in my opinion a very cool scene where the aliens are starting to talk they talk 
to a point where you don't understand them. And then all of a sudden you hear the universal translator start to clue in and how to do with it. So it's not as in real time as it was in, in Kirk's day and, and, and going forward. So it's kind of neat to see that there's a bit of a delay there. Uh, and they finally, you know, the universal translator kind of owns it, uh, hones in on the, uh, on the phonetic uh, response, it only has to hear like a few words, and then it can speak the whole language. It starts figuring it out. Yeah, Dave, that's that's the miracle of the technology in the twenty second century. Wow, uh, you know, it's it's you know they have showers that they don't worry about fall <laughs> hazards anymore, and uh, later on we see stuff like holodecks, uh, which are interesting as well so another really mm. cool there's a lot of firsts in this episode actually so we'll get through all those i guess eventually uh so anyway they end up communicating with this race they they realize that this race is not harmful uh or at least they don't appear to be harmful uh and they end up figuring out that they're having a problem uh they're having a problem with their warp coils i guess it is um and they need some help and of course mr mr tucker himself is going to uh uh are, is going to uh, go over there and uh, help out, I guess, is a good way. Um, so we get to see them docking with the ship, all that stuff. Yeah, so they'll think that, So this whole three hours of decompression that he had to go through, and the Klingons had to go through <laughs> later on in the episode. Um, which we didn't see them go through, which I thought would have been great if we could see how they Yeah, just how him hanging out with it. Klingons in a, in, a, in a chamber. Yeah, like the, the awkwardness of it. He does mention that there was some awkwardness, such some as smells. smells he's never smelt before. Yeah, probably <laughs> a, a peaty aroma with a hint of lilac. Uh, yeah, as, could as have Julian, been. Could have been. As Julian yeah. Bashir would uh, describe it, but um, yeah, like it. Just that was kind of a neat thing too, because we don't see that done too often. Like where you you have to go through a decompression. Uh, usually, you would just wear like an environmental suit, or it's usually presented exactly. that yeah. everybody can kind of survive in the same atmosphere but yeah which i think leads to leads to a little bit more authenticity on the fact that they're this is this is an early thing right like so this is you know we we see him there and he's breathing in this what looks like a noxious gas uh but it's obviously a way of them getting them climatizing him to their environment uh because they breathe something slightly different than he does can, can um, i just so, stop you there for a second because absolutely good I, I think that transition was really cool um Indeed. because in most Star Trek, you know, they beam down to the planet and everything's fine. And there's, you know, there's never really, a, you know, a transition to like sort of a different gravity or air or whatever it might be. They just, they're just fine. This is, I think, the first time we ever saw somebody, you know, into a different environment where they're actually in panic because they can't catch their breath. Or I think, yeah. you know, he did a good job and in conveying that. The writing was really cool to actually try that for once. Well, and the thing that I like is right after when he gets onto their bridge or whatever it is, the, the receiving area that he's getting into, the camera actually starts shooting at like 20 frames per second. So mm -hmm. it's it, it's cool to make that little effect, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's making it look like he's drugged up or something once he gets in there. Everything's a little bit warped. Uh, he's disorientated. Well, it's like the bends, right? Like, it's it's something kind of like that, right? Where he's well, got he, some sort you know, of effect. That, so, right away, of course, being an engineer, he wants to get to work. Show me engineering. So, they, they you know, drag him up there, and he's working underneath something. And and you can just see the lights are flashing and the noise is there, and he's, he's almost in panic. He calls the captain and mm -hmm. says, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh yeah, he starts panicking. Like it's it's a hard panic too. Like he's he's really struggling at this point. So we're seeing a lot of that struggle. But, but uh, which can, I think can you guys think cool. of another 
another episode or series or anything that that happened. No, I can't. No, not with a Starfleet character because it's like normally this is their bread and butter. This is even if they're an engineer and they just want to do the work. That um, it's a bit odd that only he goes on this mission in some ways. Like it, you know, it seems like uh, even just. Sending to Paul along might have been a good idea for scientific or anthropological research or whatever, because this is a first contact mission too. Um, yeah. As much as it is, but like this a- also shows some of the stubbornness of Trip as well, because the aliens are saying to him, "You need to rest after this de- decontamination process." He's like, "Nope, let's just get to work." Blah blah blah, uh, and they even mention it later on that he refused rest. He just wanted to go straight into the problem and Take he starts suffering. An order. Yeah, and then Archer obviously gives him an order to take a nap. Uh, but he basically, you know, he was basically not adapting well. Um, and, you know, that could have easily been avoided if he just, uh, you know, followed some of the instructions that were given to him. So it's it's nice to see some of the cockiness of Trip as well, because Trip is kind of cocky. Later on, he starts becoming very, very by the book and stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool. But but again, um, though, when he shows up here, it's all business, right? He has he's not he's not the first contact guy. No, he's he's the guy that's just trying to get them on their way, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, absolutely, hundred percent. But he's been complaining um, for two ep- two or three episodes now that I'm gonna get to go out anywhere. there. I'm out here to he never explore. gets to go anywhere. Yeah. He never yeah. Gets but, to, yeah. 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 It's true. Um, so basically we get a lot of scenes of him, you know, kind of suffering a bit, uh, alongside, uh, the alien who I can, I don't think I can pronounce her name if I wanted to, uh, Dave might have the pronunciation um, there, but Alan, 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 okay. Alan, we'll just call her Alan for now. Uh, but basically he's working alongside her, you know, they're working, they're getting along, you know, even though he's having an issue, he's calling back and forth to the ship every so often, uh, bitching and moaning about how he's having a hard time, blah, blah, blah. Um, so finally they end up, you know, they end up saying, okay, you know, at this point, you know, you know, uh, what is it? I guess Archer tells him, you know, now it's time to take a rest kind of thing. Um, there isn't much that happens in between that. I don't think, uh, that's really worth mentioning other than we see them in underneath a bunch of tubes that look like they went to home Depot just before the production, uh, production shot. Uh, but uh, past that, a lot of clear, uh, a lot of clear, uh, dryer vent, uh, hoses. Tubes. They need like those. That. You need those yeah. on a ship full of grass and moss and whatever the heck she was picking off the wall. To Irrigata- eat. Yeah. Ir- irrigation is a very, uh, you know, very important thing, I guess. The one thing uh, I didn't get was that she goes, this is the closest thing we have to water. And she basically feeds him gelatin cubes of. Yeah. There's some I'm sort like, of suspended cube. Yeah. Like it's, we're talking about water, right? Like it's a universal substance. It's not like it's a rare. universal thing to us, but again, we don't know if water even exists. Well, they're in a boat later. Yeah. You're also, you also see that tank full of eels. Yes. Yeah. They have a tank full of eels, water as well. Yeah. Not, maybe not. I guess drinking water they don't use or something. Yeah. Well, we have plenty of different water on, on our planet, but not all of it's consumable. So I guess maybe the same thing applies to them. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, either he way, you also, also said that you could smell the salt in the air when they're in the holodeck. So I mean, clearly it's salt water, but okay. yeah, which wouldn't be very drinkable. What was going on with that tank of eels? Is that their food? Yeah, I, I guess they didn't explain well, everything's food for them. 
Yeah, they but didn't explain know, the eels. They were just there. But again, I think they did a really good job of showing that this is not something that, you know, Enterprise people are used to. Very alien. Yes. Even for Star Trek, this is very He was alien. very out of his element, I think, which was part of, you know, obviously it's the theme of the episode. He's out of his element, you know, being on this alien ship, uh, all these experiences that he's having. And then, of course, he's also all of his element when he ends up becoming pregnant. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the, the theme of the episode, so to speak. But he ends up he ends up having his nice rest, all that stuff. Uh, and eventually they electric. start... Yeah, he starts getting these electric water cubes, uh, you know, electric ice cubes, whatever they are. Um, I, I didn't and think at this point, electric. it was the touch of her was the electric. Part. It was her touch that was the electric part. Yeah, well, because you see later on, she's touching him, and you're even in the even in the uh, the stones thing uh, in the holodeck thing that they have. Yeah. Um, when they're putting their hands in the stones, you can see the electricity coming off of her or what it appears to be electricity anyway. Um, so, you know, it's basically that, but you're, you're definitely getting the impression now that trip is attracted to her. Uh, and then of course she ends up taking him to this room, which essentially is their version of a holodeck, uh, which obviously is a first for, you know, the humans to see, they've never seen this technology before. Uh, so this could be the origin story for holodecks as we know it. Um, we don't really find out, but that is something that, uh, you know, could easily be foreshadowing, uh, you know, maybe this is where they got the idea to start working on that technology. Um, because it seems like it was almost inconceivable to him as he's talking about it. Right. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see that. And he's actually asking about, you know, how does this work? Like, you know, why can I feel the sand in my hands? Um, that kind of thing, which I thought was pretty cool as well to see. Yeah, I get. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like that stuff was supposed to be new in the 24th century. Like, and then, uh, but well, it's taken them that long to figure it out, probably. Well, they, how to do it? Apparently, they gave it to the Klingons in this episode. Well, the Klingons got to see it. We don't know what ended up happening with it. No, you know, they were given it, but you know, who knows if they could use it, right? Like, so. it was kind of neat, but it was also, I don't know, like, um, it bugs me. A little bit just going like you don't need to go there it's not it, it doesn't feel like it's you needed this uh to make the episode good but it doesn't hurt well, anything i guess i don't think it really hurts anything i i think it's a nice little it's a nice callback to something that's going to happen later on um yeah. you know so i think if anything it's it's cool to be reminded of that first time that i saw that on next gen right uh, yeah. Which literally was the first episode. Encounter right. Firepoint, they showed that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Data sitting What was the, he whistling? Hmm, I can't remember. Pop, Pop goes the weasel. Yeah. yeah. But he couldn't remember or, when, he, when he was dead. Remember in Nemesis? No, he couldn't remember when he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this material that they, they like this reflective, I liked this. Uh, this was very, this reminded me a lot of like the original series. Um, yes. I was again, just thinking that. Yeah. The original series here, but you know, even the costuming of, of uh, Alain here was very original series you know what i mean very original series yeah yeah, yeah very yeah do we have a sure. do we have a full shot of her yeah Dave? i can get a shot of her i just need to you get a shot of her somewhere because yeah. um, you didn't really see this on next gen too often i mean they did sometimes but not too often no no but i thought i thought the makeup and everything the the alien effects i thought were really well done really um, well done. yeah yeah I, I i that's one thing i can honestly say about this series looking back at it again I'm amazed on how good a lot of the stuff looks because number one, this was the first series in HD. So they did have to step it up a bit. And obviously the CG stuff that they do is a little off. 
Some of that uh, floating water in the shower. Oh, room. yeah. Like the, the floating water was definitely off, um, you know, but again, you know, it's it's a TV show. They only have a certain amount of budget for that type. It's of 2001. Stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. 2001 TV show. So, you know, I think it's good for 2001. I think looking at it on my 720p screen back then, uh, it would have looked a lot better uh, than it does now on my 4K TV. But, you know, what can you do? Right. Uh, but anyway. We, we eventually get a scene where they're in this rowboat. Um, you know, he, she's showing him uh, her, I guess, native planet, um, you know, in this holodeck. They're now in the rowboat. There you go right there. Um, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. God, I knew row that was coming the minute I saw that. Okay. We took a ride in a rowboat. Rowboat. <laughs> Rowboat, a ride in a rowboat, right? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, they they the thing about this is they're you know at this point you're kind of getting the impression that they're both kind of into each other a bit, um, and <laughs> it was way before here, but yes, well, it was way before here, but this was kind of the the seal the deal moment, I guess, so to speak, or at least we thought and, it was going being to be. Star Trek. They just had to spell it out. You're attracted to me. Yeah, you like when you, people are attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're they're putting these their her uh, their hands in these pebbles, which look kind of like fake cubic zirconia diamond things or something. Uh, so anyway, they put both their hands in each one of them, and then all of a sudden they can they have uh, the ability to know what the other person's thinking and feeling and stuff like that. They're they're what it's is a that? Game, oh, Judy, it's a game. Empath. It's it's apparently a game. Uh, at least that's what Trip was told. Where. You know, uh, the only game I can see that they're playing right now is who's paying the child support. But past that and, you know, how many nipples am I going to grow on my arm? Uh, but anyway, so they put their hands in. They start talking about all this stuff. Um, they pass that, you know, something, that you know, box of pebbles, the box of pebbles. Absolutely. Never trust a box of pebbles, guys. I guess that's really what it comes down to here. With a uh, lizard woman. <laughs> hey, exactly. speaking of lizard women. Doesn't mm -hmm. she remind you of the Zerulian? Is that right? Uh, Zerulian. And it's a species never seen before or after this. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I was actually going to take a leap over to Doctor Who. It does, oh. actually. I did think of that. Yeah. Those, like, lizard people. Yeah. Yeah, that was in... The one that has... The one who lives in, like, the 1800s. And yeah. The yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Yeah. I can't remember her name right now, yeah. but... Yeah, that was, that was during tenants rule. I think they're more, they're a little bit greener. These guys are a little bit browner. But yeah, I'm, I'm just bringing up a picture of her. She's got way more of a head. Uh, yeah, she's more like a dinosaur. Dinosaur. Head yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very much like a dinosaur hybrid kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is, in my opinion, up to here. The episodes, eh. Uh, but then it starts getting good. Uh, in a way, and wait a when I say I, good, I thought this okay. episode actually up to here, up up until the holodeck was really interesting. I, I I don't know. I thought it was just standard standard stuff. No, uh, there we was just some cool about things all this stuff see. that wasn't standard. We just talked about all the stuff that wasn't standard. True, true. Yeah. I think, okay. When it gets I think back, in general, though, when it gets back to the ship and after this whole reveal happens, it just becomes about a bunch of jokes about Trip being pregnant, being embarrassed, and but that's what I enjoyed the most about this episode was <laughs> yeah. to Paul. To Paul was great. To Paul was fantastic in this episode. She finally so, starts showing a little bit of humor, even though. I don't know if she's intentionally doing it or not. I don't think we really know for sure. She kind of has a bit of a chuckle to her, it's uh, just like, but it's just like Archer it's... hiding his, like his laughter all the time in his hand is hilarious. 
Uh, oh, there's the nipple. Yes, okay. The allergic so. reaction, Jody. The allergic reaction. Yes, it's an allergic reaction. Uh, and Flox uh, gently tells him that that's actually a nipple. Uh, Trip, you're an idiot. Uh, that's a nipple. And uh, then again, I have yeah. It turns out you're knocked species. up. Yeah, yeah. Turns out you're knocked up. Uh, at that point, you know, we see we see Tapal chastise Trip in the uh, in the in the medical bay. You were uh, there. She says something along the lines of, "You were there three days." and this happens kind of thing. Uh, and then she makes, she just keeps making fun of him subtly as Archer is sitting there with his hand over his uh, face. Most of the time. I don't know if that was genuine laughter or if that was just laughter at trips expense uh, as part of the character. I don't know. Uh, either way, still great to see. Speaking uh, of which, I, I, you know, hiding the bulge seems to help hide the bulge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're talking about the same bulge. I know. Uh, but yeah, yeah like, I, I, is this setting up the fact that T'Pol is jealous or is secretly harboring feelings for Trip, and therefore this is jealousy here? Is that meant what this is? Not yet. I don't know. I think at this point she still she still resents how a lot of these guys are acting because they're still acting a little nonchalant. They're not doing everything the way that they should be doing it, and she looks at this as another reflection of another thing where somebody from the crew is not being the diplomatic person they need to be. Instead, he's you, going and getting knocked up. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I, I can just, you know, it, it's like the underlying tone is basically, oh, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Tapal's had enough of this shit. Uh, she's gone through, what, four episodes of this now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just mentioning, like, it's bad enough I have to smell bacon and these other meat foods in the mess hall and whatever. Yeah. And Well, and know. we already know that they have a heightened sense of smell, so everything stinks to them, right? Like, it, right. humans stink themselves to them, right? So, But she's tolerating it. Uh, but I think we're really starting to see Tapal's character, in a way, loosen up a bit. Uh, which is kind of nice to see in a way. I think she's becoming more part of the crew. Uh, at this point, I think this is where we're kind of starting to see, you know, a little bit of banter between them, which is kind of nice to see. Um, so anyway, the, you know, there was also a joke about, you know, you shouldn't stick your fingers where they don't belong, which I think Dave has a clip for. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, uh, he was like the box of pebbles. One of the first things a diplomat learns is not to stick his fingers where they don't belong. She's 100% correct. You do not stick your fingers where they don't belong. <laughs> speak, but anyway. Speak, speak, and, and, uh, and Trip goes on like this whole mad uh, speech about it. But, you know, I could get my fingers cut off on this little lift thing or whatever it is. Well, um, and that's actually what I have in my notes. Trip goes back to work and gets moody. That's what my notes say. More <laughs> maternal. This poor guy who works for him, he's like, what's up, man? Now, that's a good point, Adam. Yeah, he is. He's becoming uh, maternal. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, Makes you know, I, I saw pictures of my wife, you know, 18 years ago, you know, baby-proofing the home. Yeah. 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 In well, I think you're starting to make your nest, right? So, yeah. you know, that's 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 something that's ingrained in a lot of people. And, you know, in a way, I guess that's where it shows, right? Look what's going to happen to your fingers if you stick them there. Yeah, they're gonna get cut off, and the and the crewman's <laughs> just like, goes, but, but goes, like, who's gonna put their fingers there? Well, why would you put but, your fingers there? <laughs> why would you put your fingers there? That's perfectly a logical question, right? Like, it's, you're not supposed to be doing that in the elevator. But it is you a know? hand wrist. But it's not. It's a warning thing. It's it's to stop people from falling off the platform. It has nothing to do with holding on to it. I don't know. Like, there's more. That's why it has hazard paint. Who's the safety inspector around here? Homer Simpson. 
Well, it could be. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> then we get a great yes. we get a great scene after the moodiness scene, which is Trip going to get food, uh, and he goes into the captain's mess. And as he goes to the captain's mess, he's got this huge shirt on, uh, which hides yeah. the bulge. Apparently, everyone's looking at him. Everyone knows. Yeah, yeah everybody right. knows that because he's paranoid. <laughs> yeah, that guy knows for sure. Uh, to Paul is such a big mouth, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, so he's in this like huge shirt. And he's walking around like he's, you know, a pregnant woman, essentially. He's in this nice, comfortable shirt uh, and whatnot. And then he shows them his arm where now there's multiple nipples growing up his arm, uh, which I never thought I'd see say in any episode of any Star Trek review ever. Uh, but there is multiple nipples growing up his arm. <laughs> How do you feel about the nipples, Dave? Um, I'm okay. Well, he already has nipples. Why weren't they good enough? Uh, why did he have to grow new ones? Um, and maybe and, that alien grows nipples on, on, on their arms. I guess they do. It may, but her arms, that might be more easy. It might be easier to feed your kids with your arms than yeah, your whole body. Sure. That's right. Yeah. 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 Even though he's got that comfy shirt on. I'm I'm okay with the nipples on the arms, I suppose, as much as like, <laughs> and even just during... like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. In Star Trek Six, when the guy's got his balls on his knee, and they got that was not his knee. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, yeah. But you know what? That was a great scene. This scene, it, it did did bother me a bit about how much he mistrusted Paul. But again, I think that was the hormones. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I think it's yeah. supposed to show Speaking that. Speaking of which, like, this is like the first time I've seen Flocks invited to the captain's mess. Hey, didn't you say last week, why isn't the captain here? Or why isn't the doctor here? Yeah, there's a chair, there's a seat, uh, but Paul's not here, and he is instead. Uh, yeah. um, I guess maybe, so maybe Archer has like a week a night with him or something where he does sit with the doctor. Well, he's the captain. He can have anybody he wants. He can, yeah, he invites whoever he feels like that day. So if he wants, or, you know, I guess there are certain ongoing ones, like Trip, I think, is an ongoing invite to Paul's an ongoing invite. Anyone and then he probably just invite? senior crew moves around. Jody, as you had this, you know, table set here, breadsticks are an invite every meal. Yeah, yeah every meal there's always every, breadsticks. Yeah, yeah and and, yeah. and, and, and uh, Trip steals a bunch here at the end. Yes, he does. Yeah, I noticed that actually. Yes, They're yeah. very subtle on it, but he does notice it. You do notice it. Um, but I think what's 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 great about this is this is another scene where Archer is losing it. Like they keep saying stuff, and Archer is just like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, they're supposed to be like uh, being discreet about his pregnancy and everything, and hiding the bulge." Uh, yeah, and they literally say to help something. Hide the bulge. Yeah, I suggest then, you stick with the civilian clothes. Uh, but okay. <laughs> But this guy who comes in, like the crewman kind of guy comes in, they're talking yeah. about it openly and whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, but, and I, I kept thinking about this poor guy. Um, like, so he, he, he like, guess what, man, you're in Starfleet. Guess what, man, you get to go to space and everything else. That's great, man. What's my job going to be? Your job is to bring the captain iced tea and breadsticks. That's yeah, your job. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's Make sure that it. bread, you know, he's literally a server at Olive Garden. He's yeah. keeping the bread, the bread sticks flowing. Starfleet you know. assignment, Olive Garden waiter. Hey, for all we know, this is an Olive Garden franchise in space. We have no idea. <laughs> but yeah. you know, Not only that, but if you notice when he left, the door didn't close behind him. Yeah. So he yeah. purposely kept the door open. So maybe he wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, he wants but to but again, it. here, you, you know, this is just, it's just so funny to me because Trip, as you pointed out, walked right through the galley, 
where everybody's sitting down and having their meals. The door opens and they can see the yeah. captain at his own table. Yes. It just seems so yeah. strange to me that the captain is removed. But I get, it's it's military. I get it, but it's just. Yeah, and and that's one thing we have to remember. We're not on the gal, uh, you know, we're not on a galaxy class starship. This well, is. Well, I not, don't think Picard had dinner yeah. with the crew either. Honestly, no, no, no. Actually, if anything, Picard was shown having dinner by himself constantly. Actually, like the uh, the kitchen times. that Neelix uses in Voyager is uh, actually supposed to be Janeway's private dining room. But that's right. Yeah, they changed that space into into because they needed to have a kitchen. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if if the enterprise D had a, a private dining room for the captain or not. Oh, I'm sure it's such a huge ship. It's got like, probably I would have, five of them. I, I'm going to have to look at my star Trek blueprint. Uh, book the technical that I have. Manual. There's the so much stuff manual, in that yeah. enterprise that we never saw inside the. D. Oh yeah. Like the dolphins bay and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The swimming pools. Uh, Arbor- well, they put <laughs> the arboretum. We kind of see it, but not really. We see it um, once in a while. Yeah. If Keiko is interested in it. Uh, but or anyways, Berkeley. Or Barkley. Or Barkley, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, and then somebody lets Trip know that he appears to be the first on record to have the first inter- interspecies pregnancy, uh, as humans. well as the first male pregnancy in humans. Uh, so, you know, he's he's just revolutionizing things, and he makes a joke along the lines of, you know, well, you know, it's great that that's what I'm going to be known for. You know, that's my legacy. <laughs> so, you know, what can you do? Uh, but then we get something really interesting. They start looking for the ship because they need to get, you know, they need to figure out what's going on here. You know, can they get this embryo, you know, move to somebody else? Uh, cause clearly it's not supposed to be in trip's body. Uh, but anyway, uh, and they start looking for, um, these aliens and then they end up finding them funny enough by a Klingon battle cruiser. So we get right. to see our first pl- cr- uh, Klingon battle cruiser, and I thought they did a fantastic job of keeping it the way it should have been. Uh, it that looks ship sh- that ship shouldn't looks- exist yet. Well, but it does. It, sh- so. it, it, ex- it exists. Not only does it exist, but they didn't know about it. So at that point, maybe it makes sense that they would see this the first time. Right? Maybe I guess like they're so. kind of making it out. They're they're re- they're retconning things as they go here, but. Um, yeah, here's my no. here's my first question about this whole transition over to the Klingons and thing is when they get called to the bridge from like the galley or whatever, uh, T'Pol is up on the bridge um, uh, in the in the captain's chair. Yes. Why does she sit on the captain's chair like this? Why does she sit like on the very edge of it? She, she uh, does that throughout the series. Because you know what? I don't think if she sat further back, her her legs would dangle. Her legs are she's too she's too short. Is she's maybe she too is? short for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you know, normally you sit with your back to it, but she's like sitting on it like, like this. I know. I think she's just she's always ready. And that's a deep seat. Like I think her legs would actually be swinging. Yeah, and I and I think I I think Archer is also a pretty tall guy too. So, you know, you get the impression that he's fairly tall. I don't know what he's like in real life, but she's a very tiny woman. Like honestly, she is a tiny person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wonder how tall she is actually in real life. I'm sure I can find out. I'm Um, sure we can figure that out if we need to. But, uh, but the, you know, we see this Klingon uh, battle cruiser. I think it looks fantastic. I think they did a great job keeping it the way it should have looked, based on the time frame and stuff like that. It looks still pretty basic. I wish that they would have played the Klingon music as it turned towards them. That would have been cool. But maybe that music hasn't been invented yet. Who knows? (laughs) 
anyway, I think the ship looks great. I don't know how, how you guys feel about that, but I think it looks fantastic. I, think I they love Klingon ships. I, you know, I, yeah, I love the design. I've always liked them since I was little, yeah. and I, I love the look of that, especially the way they kept it very original-like, uh, which I liked. So um, that was great. And then we got essentially the first words said by Hoshi in 38 minutes of an episode. Uh, and she says literally like one one line or something. I don't She's like the afterlife. That's what Stovacore means. Thanks. Hoshi. Yeah. Stovacore means that. the afterlife. It's like, yeah, fantastic. We kind of clued it anyway, but that's fine. Well, you had to have didn't. your speaking part. Archer didn't clue in. Well, Stovo, Archer didn't clue in, but he's rusty Stovo. on his Klingon. Yeah. But this is a better shot, but shot. yeah, that's a great shot. Look at that thing. That's just pretty, but either way, uh, we get in this, we still figure out that to Paul literally is still the best diplomatic person on the ship. She proves it yet again by talking to the Klingons. Um, but again, it's just experience, you know, she, she it has, is. Yep. Yep. yeah, for sure. But like, we're, we're establishing that more yeah. completely. And, and as we go on, I mean, Archer is starting to really, I think, finally understand exactly her value in this mission. Oh, every for time sure. they nearly die yeah. and she gets yeah. them out of it. <laughs> but but I think that's that's where this is kind of a transitional episode I find to this because if you notice Archer is not he's not getting up her ass at all about anything in this episode probably the first episode since since we started where he hasn't been against something she said um, so we're current we're starting to see that transition of him seeing her as a valuable asset uh, which which is good I think so yeah Jolene um, Blaylock five six five uh, six there you go and, and what is uh, What's oh, Archer? You uh, want me to look up at him? He's probably. Well, I'd be interested to figure it out. I'm sure he's, he's probably like, six, sure he's like two. six. He's got to be six two, six three, anyway. So yeah. half a foot taller than her. Yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah, and she's got so. those big, you know, the shoes that she wears. And maybe she needs like one of those little yeah. platforms to put her feet on. Um, yeah, but the only thing the 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 major complaint I have at this point in the episode is we're literally three minutes away from the end of the episode, so they kind of just throw everything at you at the end. So he's only literally, five eleven and three quarters. He's not. He's not even six feet. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe maybe his feet don't touch either. It's like my dad's height, basically. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But either way, we we end up seeing. You know, they discuss it with the Klingons. They the Klingons essentially say, "Let's kill everybody on the ship except for the captain of the ship." Uh, then at that point, you know, T'Pol kind of says, "You know, it starts getting a little bit more diplomatic with them." The Chancellor eventually, called him a brother. He called yeah, the you. Chancellor called him a brother, uh, and then that's kind of what turned things because we all know that the Klingons stop your Klingon civil war. You guys should be licking his boots. She says. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, something like that, and then obviously we find out later that that isn't true. Uh, it's okay to exaggerate. Kind of, it's in she exaggerated. Spirit. She didn't lie. She exaggerated. Uh, you know, I'm sure he said something. It just wasn't to that to, to those means. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I at get, that point, I, get, I always sorry? get a laugh out of when Vulcans. You know, I didn't lie. I exaggerated, or it's an omission. It's yeah. a lie of omission. Well, we all know that the Vulcans do have the ability to proceed their rules though like they they have the ability to modify the rules and they do it all the time uh we see it a lot with quinto's character in the uh, in the remakes um for yeah, sure when, when so, were you gonna tell me when it became relevant yeah when it became relevant uh you know and now it's relevant right so and it's the same thing so eventually they they end up finding the ship in the wake of the klingon uh the klingon ship obviously they threaten to kill them all uh to paul basically talks them out of it by saying you know you know, Archer is the guy who did everything for them, blah, blah, blah. So they end up going. The one thing this, this, I think we already said this earlier is 
this scene would have been much better if we got to see how they de- uh, decontaminated uh, or de what is it decompress or whatever. Yeah, with um, the Klingons. Yeah, with the Klingons and Trip in the same room. I thought that would have made a great scene to see. I'm sure. Like uh, he shows up the- with them and he's like, oh, "You better do what they say, or they're all gonna kill you." So just give so, them yeah. a holodeck. Yeah, yeah. So, they yeah, want that yeah. holodeck stuff. Uh, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, but that's weird to me. Again, the the Klingons wouldn't be interested in the pleasure of a holodeck. I mean, they're they're gonna want it. Like they, they just had a ship that was riding in their wake for a couple of days. You think that they want to know about that technology? Yeah, but you things- have to remember though that the holographic technology is also stuff like cloaking technology. It's also all that stuff. So all that could be transformed into that stuff, right? So like, I want to any see technology they don't possess would be technology they'd be interested in. I think. You know, yeah. unless it was like how to grow flowers or something like that, they probably wouldn't care about that. But you know, but these Klingons are like amazingly that. restrained in this whole thing. Um, you know, because- these guys are outskirt Klingons. Uh, you know, I guess they're not uh, your typical typical run of the mill. Mind you, they were when you first contacted them. Uh, they shot. But- they shot Enterprise twice, and then Tapal's like, "Well, that was like their version of a shot across the bow." Um, yeah, so- I think Archer even mentions that. Oh, that was a shot across the bow. Okay. You yeah, know, like he's very but surprised that that would happen. How different history would have been if they just had destroyed the ship. That's right. Outright, you know, and so. Earth wouldn't have been able to respond to yeah. that. And so it would have just exactly. Been... So anyway, the, the the final scene is essentially, you know, Trip getting, you know, telling her, you know, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm like walking around with your kid kind of thing. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that was even possible, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then she scans him. He basically, uh, she basically says, "Oh, you know, she's she's developing nicely, and yeah, it looks like uh, it's safe to, you know, uh, transplant uh, the the embryo into another host." Uh, and then it's kind of the end. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot going on here, uh, unless you guys have anything else to say about that. But that's pretty much how the episode ends, for the most part. Uh, yeah, we see Tripp's uh, blemish that you know apparently is an embryo. Looks like he has a big bruise, like a bunch of yeah. It looks like he just got balls. punched in it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like he was a goalie for uh, goalie for the mall rats. Uh, or, and, yeah, uh, something yeah. took took a lot of like shots to the ribs here. Um, yeah. yeah, like it's kind of like you know, and then there's kind of like, it ends very sort of peacefully. It, it, you know, just like the Klingons are like, "Listen up, man, our debt is paid. We owe you shit now." Yeah, um yeah. you know that it was it was everything we could do not to kill those Zerillians. Um and so see you never. But we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see you again. If we do, we're going to kill you by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then that's pretty much the the end of the episode and and everybody kind of goes on their merry way and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um but that's not the end of this podcast, Dave, because I'm pretty sure there might be some fun facts our way. Fun I facts with so. Adam's dogs. Not today. Adam and possibly his dogs. Okay. No, the dogs. They might make an appearance. We don't know. Oh, okay. I've returned to the basement. All right. (laughs) Anyway, fun facts, Adam. What do you have for us? All right. Uh, So Randy Oglesby, uh, who was trainer L, who was the captain of the Zerillion ship. Yes. I know this actor somewhere. Yeah, he played a recurring character called Degra during the third season. Oh, he's one of the Zindi. He's the Zindi. Zindi. He's that yeah. Zindi guy. Yeah, I was like, I know this dude. You know what? The voice was familiar. Yeah. And so the face. But, it, you know, right. it's... Um, oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't know. I got a shot of him at the ready. But, yes. He's... Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Julianne Christie, who was Alain, uh, previously appeared as Dexa, a Talaxian in Voyager. 
in the episode of Homestead. Homestead. Guy she was a oh she she was a, a talax she was the talaxian that like gets neelix to leave the ship i think uh, oh okay it's like basically neelix gets a new girlfriend and an adopted son and he kind of leaves the ship like three episodes before the end of voyager yeah yeah he that was kind of his end all yeah yeah that was like i was like what neelix doesn't go to the earth after all this but he doesn't so hmm. you would have thought he would have too which is weird yeah he could have ended up there by accident so many times mm-hmm. So the executive producer, Brennan Bragg, I thought this episode's depiction of Tucker was effective and it helped set Enterprise apart from the other Star Trek series. Bragg believed what is especially re- was refreshing was the way in which the character was very eager to board the Zerillion ship, but soon becomes desperate to leave due to how strange he feels it, finds it, pardon me. Um, yeah, which is what you mentioned earlier, Adam. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you would never see Riker do just because they're just too seasoned. Well, you know, Riker did have that one episode. You wouldn't even see Harry Kim do that. Like it was, um, I thought, yeah, yeah I guess, yes. It, does it set it aside? And Jordy, and Jordy, when he was stuck in that cave with the, uh, that, uh, what was it, Klingon? Uh, the Romulan. 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 Centurion right. Bakra. Yeah, he was kind of whiny near the end saying he wanted to go home and stuff like that, but. Yeah, he was also least, injured too. So yeah, I like I, I think it's well, especially considering that Tucker is one of the more senior members of this crew and should be a little bit more put together. But well, yeah. and even Archer says something along the lines of like, "I've known this guy for eight years. He's tough as nails. Like it doesn't make any sense that he's feeling this way or he's acting this way." Yeah, uh, but you know, but it just goes to I, show you that even the tough as nails guys can have a problem, right? I don't know if I agree with Braga's like assessment that this sets it apart from all Star Trek. It's it's but, different, but yeah. no, the theme song sets it apart from all the other Star Trek. I, I, I didn't actually read this until just just a few minutes ago because I I still do think that Dave, I, I think that you never saw any any crew member almost freak out when they get beamed down anywhere or move. You know, yeah, I agree. All, all business. Yeah, they're supposed to be able to do anything. I can do anything. But well, but that's only if you have faith of the heart, Dave. Maybe but again, have it it, it's point. just their lack of experience. They haven't done too much. You know, they're just yeah. they're really learning. And that's a theme, especially in the first season. It's especially the theme in the first season, Adam, is is like we, we see a lot of the screw ups. We see a lot of the stuff that they're not they're not comfortable with which uh, is one of the reasons why I like the series, uh, which a lot of people, you know, clearly don't. But, you know, that's kind of why we're here, though. Well, even this episode, like I said, like if the Klingons had blown them out of the sky, that would have been like there's no Federation. Then a lot of like a lot of things go differently here. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But luckily they don't. Um, You know, it's just like they got lucky. This crew gets lucky a lot. And they kind of every every. Yeah, but every Star Trek crew gets lucky all the time. Well, without Paul, I think that, you know, they'd be blown away by now anyway. So she's... Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 T'Pol is really the savior of this crew. If it wasn't for T'Pol, they would already be dead. Rock people would have got them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) If it wasn't the rock people, it was the people before that. You know, so... Um, The King Klingon battle cruiser that appeared in this episode was very much unexpected. Reuse of the Katinga class model. Uh, so Dave, I don't know if you can find that, but I sure um, can, uh, expect the unexpected. Indeed. That's true. Uh, While you're doing that, I'll find something else out here. Yeah. This episode features the first appearance of holodeck technology is unknown whether Federation holodeck technology was later developed from this basis 
or developed independently. Yeah. Yeah. We, and I, I think it's, it was a perfect choice for them not to say anything past that. Like, just like, not like, oh, we're going to study this hard or something like that. Like, they literally just left it with, we've seen it, but that's it. You know, Tucker's recollection is all they have at this point of, of this technology, right? So, well, I mean, he, all he can do Tucker is could have invented it. We don't know. It comes back and yeah, maybe he did. It was just like yep. Scott, you know, invented whatever the uh, trans warp or whatever it was called. Yeah. Or trans. Trans warp beaming? That's it. Thank trans warp beaming, yeah. Oh, there it is. It took me a few, it takes me like longer. You can get through three facts by the time I pull up the image. It looks great, though. It looks great. Yeah, it looks cool. I, I, I love this design, always have. And, uh, yeah. you know, they make a big part, they make a big point, though, in Discovery, Adam, that this is like, I guess it's, it's more specifically the D7 is like yep. their new battle weapon that like um, Laurel and Ash Tyler were like pumping up in season two. And they're like, this is going to make us the mighty empire of like 10 years from now when the, when the, you know, core and Kang and Koloth will be tussling with Kirk. Um, and uh, like, I guess I, I would have liked to have seen this look a little bit more, uh, pro, like a prototype, like an earlier, like something that would make it seem like an earlier model. It's supposed to be a hundred years before that, right? Yeah. You know what they could have done, Dave? They could have gone back to the. Oh, sorry, I, I was Romulans. I was thinking of the original series when they show the Romulan ships, but they didn't show the Klingon ship, did they? They did show the Klingon ship in like the Trouble with Triples and a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, it could have been more boxy or more just something. I don't know. Something. I don't know. I, guess the I think this is fine. Yeah. I, I'm I'm happy but, with but, it. What I really like about this ship and the Romulan Warbirds is is the fact that they put the bridge way out front. It's yeah. always, you know, it's a status thing. Yeah. Like the Starfleet vessels, you know, the bridge is back at the top, in the middle of the saucer. The middle. Yeah. yeah, middle of the saucer. But like, that's not really where you would want to put a bridge in either case. You'd want to put it somewhere deep in the middle of the ship to protect. You think? It. Yeah, but it depends on what you're. It depends on what you're trying to protect, though. The captain. You know, the, well, if you think about it, though, like stuff like submarines and stuff like that, they're trying to protect their their payloads. That's what they're trying to protect. They're not trying to protect their bridge. Yeah, obviously it's deep in, but, you know, the periscope has to have the ability to go up and down. You have to be able to see from there and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the logic, the logic having it up front doesn't make a lot of sense. Up front doesn't. Uh, and on the top, like when you could yeah. put it in more in a secure location. Uh, but the idea the, that goes back to like the original series. Well, the battle and, bridge is in the middle. Right, in it's like literally on, the on, on top is, of the yeah. yeah, and the Enterprise D, it's in the middle, so it's you know kind of makes sense. That, and Gene Rod, that like they pointed there. that out to him in the original series, and Gene Roddenberry's like he wanted to be able to see, like he wanted the bridge because they knew that most of the action on the show would be on the bridge, and he wanted people to be able to see Made the bridge sense. from the outside yeah. for scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Either way, it's a it's a fictional thing. starship on a fictional show, so I don't think it really makes that much yeah, of a difference. Yeah, I just <laughs> really like I like it's the bridge. Cool. Like, I just like the way the, you know the, the, the Klingon ships and the Romulan ships is just so far forward and looks so menacing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it does for sure. And the you know kind of the the nacelles kind of sticking out like you know claws or arms uh, is another thing that I think is a neat neat trait as well. Okay, so this this episode shows that Archer believes it, it, what Archer believes that is the first interspecies pregnancy involving a human. However, it will later turn out. Uh, it is not even the first instance of the first interspecies reproduction involving Tucker. Um, <laughs> what? 
It's revealed that, yeah. that, that the half Vulcan son of an alternative version of him operates in the Delphi, Delphic expanse. Oh, right. But that timeline hasn't been created yet. Yeah. Well, it's later. They did say it's later. Yeah. Um, Enterprise will uncover an earlier precedent when they witness descendants of humans and Skagarans. Uh, on the other hand, T'Pol's claim that this is the first recorded of an instant incident with a human male becoming pregnant remains unchallenged. Yeah. Just how I always wanted to get into the history books. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, this is the first known hostile encounter between a Starfleet vessel, vessel and a Klingon ship. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. It's one of the, that's a big first. Yeah, a lot of firsts. Well, this show is all about firsts, right? That's the whole point of the show. So, uh, T'Pol later brings up Tucker's dalliance with the female Zerillian engineer in Oasis which causes him a later episode called Oasis, which causes him to angrily reply to Paul. Well, you'll never let that go. Yeah. <laughs> so this continues. How the hell did I get knocked up? <laughs> How the hell did I get knocked up? Yeah. And then Captain Archer says he's known trip for eight years and which does match up with the episode first flight, which takes place in 2143, which was eight years earlier. He says yeah. he's been in Starfleet for 12, I think in this episode. Yeah. He's been working and uh, becoming a chief engineer for 12 years, yeah. but and he this, only met Archer eight years ago. Yeah. Um, just some interesting points here. The uh, In Star Trek Magazine, The Ultimate Guide, this episode was rated one out of five Arrowhead insignia and was named the worst installment of Enterprise's first season, which I don't agree with. Really? At all. I don't agree with that. We'll see yeah. once we do all the ratings, but yeah. Um, yeah. I like I this more than last week. Yeah, me too. Uh, the unofficial uh, reference book Beyond the Final Frontier comments about this episode. A male pregnancy sounds terrible, but this pulls it off with a blend of humor, genu genuine humanity, and freakiness. And really sign that Connor Trainer, Connor Trainer, Trainer, pardon me. Connor Trainer. Connor Trainer is going to be a useful member of the cast. This is a good episode. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. speaking of that. Shall we? Let's, let's do ratings. Yep. All right. Okay. Okay. Going over to ratings. Let's bring her up. Uh, well, it's small. Eh? Okay. You guys can see that. Jody, you start us off. Oh, He's you know what, Dave? His rating. Yeah, Kevin and sent in his. Yeah, he was not a fan. I mean, Kevin, Kevin was definitely hurt in this episode. Yeah, he's got oh, COVID well. right now, so he's not feeling good. So, you know, it's 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 coloring his, uh, his, his, his rating. There you go. Um, you know what? I'm going to give this, this is hard for me. You know what? I'm going to give this a six and a half. I like this more than the last week's episode, but not a hell of a lot more. I liked this more than last week's, but Adam, you're next actually. So I, I'm going to go higher on this one. I, I like this episode a lot. It was an eight for me. And, and really? simply wow. because you, you T'Pol stole the show with her. T'Pol was great. Yeah. yeah. Don't stick your fingers. Episode. That's the first lesson That's of the any first rule of diplomacy. Yeah. Don't stick your fingers where they don't belong. You That's know, you right. Get the, Makes perfect like, sense. Like on a, on a guardrail before it's going up or whatever. Or, That's right. Well, you don't put your hands on the guardrail anyway, Dave. That's why it's a guardrail. <laughs> don't you get your really fingers like, I also really liked, uh, you know, just. Again, I, I said it already, but just the uniqueness of this mission where he goes over there and he's a little bit afraid. 
Yeah, there was a lot of cool, subtle things in this, which was, and not so subtle, actually, but, uh, you know, that's that's the one thing that I have to say is good about the episode, is that it's, it's, it's different for a Star Trek episode, for sure. And not even the main topic of it makes it different. It's it's how he reacts and and some of the things that they do in the episode, which I think is uh, interesting. And you know, nipples, nipples all up and down your arm. Yeah, all up so, and down them arms. We need to get the arm boobs. All right, uh, I'm going seven and a half. That's higher than I thought you'd give it, Dave. Um, me too. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Well, it beat uh, last week's episode, but didn't we didn't beat uh, fight or flight? So broken bow still holding solid uh, is the best episode of the season. I can't believe that this has a seven point three in IMDb though. I'm surprised by that. Do you know what's funny too is uh I know you're not necessarily the biggest Discovery fan, Jody, but I'm uh, not. No, but we uh, we do this our, our Discovery podcast on Thursdays, um, mm-hmm. at, which Adam's also on, and he knows that the IMDb ratings for the Discovery episodes are atrociously bad very really very low. skewed i'm really sure low. like like so low yeah. you go it, it's only like it's it, it, we're taking them from the day of so it's like the 180 people went out of their way to low rate it or whatever it yeah. is but but um you know so it's maybe i have to come back to those scores in time but well uh, and it's it's the same problem that they have with game reviews and movie reviews and all that right like but, it, but, it's you you have people review bombing it, you know, even if it wasn't that bad, they're like one out of ten, you know, it's like stuff well, like that. I mean, so. even this episode was named the worst installment of Enterprise for a season. So, I mean, it probably came along over time. But there's one thing that I think we have to really point out here, guys, is in reality, though, we've watched, what, four episodes technically? Well, technically five, but four, four complete episodes, four complete yeah. stories. Right. This is a lot stronger than most of the other Star Trek series to start, in my opinion. Especially um, next gen. Especially Deep Space. <laughs> and Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Deep it's, Space Nine's first season is awful. It's not I don't good. care what anybody Oh, it's terrible. It's, well, it's, you guys know that. You did your rewatch for it. So Yeah. Yeah. The second season for that matter isn't very good either. Like, so yeah. it's um it's got its moments, but they they all yeah. do. But uh, yeah, like to me, like this reminds me a lot of like the first season of Voyager, but yeah, where you had the occasional decent episode, uh, but for the most part, it was kind of lackluster. I I think this is better than Voyager season one, uh, with the it exception. Seems, of it feels so much the same to me, and, and and I think it's because it's the same showrunner. Um, yes, yeah, well, that is definitely. Shows. You know, and I think that he was. I think they should have shook it up. I don't think they should have got him to do this show. Um, I think. Well, but yeah, they yeah. did. Uh, Berman and you know they they were writing it over, but I feel like the, the franchise needed a shake up, and like you know, and that I think that's why we had years of no Star Trek after this show. I don't think this show was. I think the show gets a bad rap, and that it ruins. I don't think this show is the reason why we got a problem with Star Trek. Eventually, I think this no. show didn't help, but. It didn't help. I don't think this was the reason why there was a problem. There was franchise fatigue. I think that much, even yeah. uh, I think those next gen movies were kind of a mixed bag, and uh, and then there was the whole like the, more of it was had to do with the split between Viacom and CBS and yes. Paramount yeah, and all those sure. things in the, in that decade. Uh, well, uh, as I played all those Ju- Julie Chen clips, her husband uh, Les Moonves uh, was dismantling uh, like 
Viacom basically during all those years. And he hated Star Trek. He was one of these things he didn't want. And he was yeah. trying, he like, he, yeah. he ripped it up and gave the movie rights here and the TV rights here. And that's why we had so many years of, of issues. But, For sure. Um, yeah. So what's well, next? What's, what's the next? Our episode? next episode is actually called Terra Nova. Uh, if this is the one where they find uh, it's a colony that they haven't heard from in 70 years. Uh, and they go there and realize that they're living underground. Uh, human colony and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a human colony. Uh, it's actually, from what I remember, it's not a bad episode. So, Directed by LeVar Burden. Yes, this is uh, actually the first the first episode that's uh, directed by him in this series, uh, from what I remember. Uh, but this is something that Enterprise yes. had a lot All of. Right. They had a lot of guest directors, uh, especially in this series. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how they. They, they do their take on it. So um should be a good watch. LeVar Burden has some of the best directed episodes of Star Trek, period. He does. He uh, does especially yeah. in Deep Space, but also in Voyager. And, uh, and Well, so does so does Jonathan Frakes, though. Jonathan Frakes did some pretty good episodes, but he also did some terrible movies. So kind of works out both ways. Well, he only he only had two. He only had he had uh, First Contact and he had Insurrection. So yeah, Insurrection is terrible. At ba- at worst, he's batting five hundred. That's pretty good. I don't think insurrection. Oh, first contact. Was I think it was wrong oh. for him. I think it was wrong. Jimmy hates it. Never been a movie. Should have never been a movie. Should have been a movie. Agree. And speaking of Jonathan an Frakes uh, directing, he was most recently directing the most recent episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Did he? Stormy weather. Titled Stormy Weather. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't one. watched any of season four yet, so oh, I'm just going to binge it when it's finally really interesting. Is yeah. it? Okay, so maybe I'm wrong that they're not going to have any more seasons. We'll see. What what? Tell me? They, well, if they haven't works out for them, it won't be. But what's that? If, if, I, IMDb... if those 180 people who down voted on IMDb have their way, yes, then no. oh, has this got a lot of down votes? Oh yeah, it's always like the you go. What's the rating of this episode so far? Oh, it's like four point one. You know what? Or... And it's the same thing we said to Kevin going into this. Kevin hated the series and he might still hate the series i don't know but you know what at least he's giving it a shot and uh that's my advice to everybody marks up again oh sure oh i I don't think kevin's been too terrible with it so far Uh, well he he gave an eight to the first episode and he's been a six he's going down he's He's going going down down and down and down uh so hopefully next week he'll go back up again we'll see yeah i'd Um, I'd love to know why he didn't like this episode maybe it is because he's not feeling well but um well that and and it could also just be because he didn't like the episode (laughs) we get the and in two episodes we get the andorian incident we do which is in my opinion the best episodes of of the first season. Hundred percent agree with you on this one. Yeah, the Andorian episodes are phenomenal. Is that Jeffrey Combs who plays him? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the sure. only one. Weyoun himself. He plays a lot I of. I uh, have to admit, I find it somewhat uh, disturbing seeing you working for these Federation people. <laughs> yeah. so. Anyway, Dave, we Pink have skins. other things than Enterprise on this channel, do we not? Uh, we sure do. Um, Tomorrow night on D Space Nine at nine ish with Jeff Mater and many others, including myself, we'll be talking about the newest edition of Star Trek. Well, not newest. It's uh, the next episode of Star Trek D Space Nine came out in 1996. We're going to be talking about tomorrow uh, the quickening. Um, quickening. This is one where like the Jemadar like basically put a disease onto this planet in the Gamma Quadrant and Bashir. Oh, okay. Is trying yeah. to like cure it's the a, plague. This is the Bashir episode. Yeah. 
It's a Bashir well, episode. It's um, I remember it being good. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm. I remember it being all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think just, it was anything spectacular, but it was good. I don't think it's like I don't like coming off last week, which was to the death, which was like a, a like the episode where they have to team up with the Jemadar to fight the Jemadar, and um, it's a it was a really good episode. So it'll be interesting to see how this one compares. Uh, but we'll be talking about that tomorrow night, night D Space Nine at nine ish, uh, Tuesday, January, or sorry, December twenty eighth. I'm not January yet. Um, and then uh, this Thursday. Uh, along with Adam and uh, Michael Chan, we're going to be talking about the mid-season finale of Star Trek Discovery, uh, titled um, uh, "To Make to Make a Connection" or something like when that. Did, when do they come back? Al? after that? Uh, February. February. Okay, so maybe I'll binge the first half. It's Valentine's week, right? Valentine's. Yeah, and basically what's happening. So next, so, so we'll we'll finish up with Discovery this Thursday, and then next week, and Prodigy, Prodigy will back, right? Star Trek Prodigy comes back, and I'll be covering that with uh, Jessica Chan and Davin Skelhorn. Um, and so I, I think they just don't want both of them to release on the same. Do we day. have a release date yet on uh, Picard? Picard? Uh, it's like February, first week of February, I think. Oh, okay, so it's so around. They're, they're going to cross Discovery over then. Those ones. Yeah. Uh, Prodigy and Picard will cross over then. And, and like. Enterprise and Picard will cross over. Discovery. Uh, Discovery, Discovery and Picard. Discovery and Picard. Yeah, yeah they, would they would presumably cross over too. So um, You can have Enterprise whenever you want right now, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> so, so lots of different things. We also have uh, our Star Trek Radio Theater, which you can check out. We have It's, it's a whole, whole playlist. Two full seasons of shows. Most recently, we did Star Trek First Contact which I will find some time to edit this week um, and uh, and get the uh, finish up for season two. And we'll be looking ahead to doing some kind of a show in the new year for uh, season three. of Star This guy Trek over Rays. here, though, couldn't yes. pronounce data correctly. Data. Data. It's, anyway. It was it was uh, it was a kind of a whole thing. You know, he's British. You know, he says he yeah. is us. Um, anyway, so that's those are all the Star Trek things we have here on Live Long, Live Long in Podcast. Uh, you should also check out Davin Skelhorn's uh, Star Trek podcast called Locutors of Trek. Commander. He, Commander. He was the one playing Zephyr Cochran in our most recent broadcast. Uh, he was uh, he was on Trivial Debates with us this morning. Check out his uh, Star Trek podcast, Locutors of Trek, and his X-Men, the animated series rewatch called X-Rated. Yeah, I keep, uh, I keep forgetting. I got to watch that. Yeah, I was on. I was on it. Uh, we talked about captive hearts, um, and so uh, you should check out Davin's podcasts. Uh, absolutely, check out uh, our other one called Trivial Debates, uh, where we just did this morning. Adam was competing along with Davin mm -hmm. and my son Eamon. Max I was rooting for Adam. Thank I you. I know Rudy. you. You had the comment in there. It was a All good. Right. It was they a have good to episode. listen to figure out who won. I will find out. I can't. We can't spoil it. No, we can't know? spoil it. So that would be that would be that would be wrong. So check that out and uh, listen to all that holiday theme. A lot of great different debates over there. And then Super Mater Brothers podcasting, our our last channel where we talk about uh, movies and TVs that's not Star Trek. Uh, most recently, we talked about Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, we also talk cover things like Survivor season forty one, Big Brother. Um, we we did other shows like The Serpent this year. We talked about I don't know. We talked about all kinds of stuff. I can't even remember all Marvel shows. Check you should just check out. out the channel. You should check out the channel. There's so much to, to go there and so much more to go. So and much content. All wanna, for free. I really want to cover Hawkeye whenever Jeff, my brother, gets around to watching it. So, uh, anyway, that's it, Jody. Anyway, that's 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 it for uh, this episode of Enterprise at 8. So uh, thank you all for being here. And uh, hopefully Kevin feels better and maybe he'll join us on the next one. And uh, that's it. So stay safe and uh, we'll see you next time, I guess. All right, live long. You have something to play us out. Yeah, sure. 
right. we're gonna go with uh with, with this i suggest you stick with the civilian clothes seems to help hide the bulge, bulge. oh thank you